1: Oh, what matins you find us amidst here in the Moon Underwater. It's I, John Robbins, the landlord, with you for your pub in weeks, your week in pubs, and alongside me now, amidst the matins also, is Robin Allender. Hello, Robin. Hi, John. Uh, Did you see that the malcontents were in the Moon Underwater earlier? Ooh, the malcontents, yeah. Do you class yourself one among them? No, certainly not this bunch of malcontents. They're a cliquey lot, and you always know they're in, because you hear the sound of huffing and puffing and sighing, but with no mist on the table. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, they're, they're malcontented with absolutely everything. Right. That doesn't sound like
0: the kind of people that we'd normally have in the moon underwater.
1: Well, it's interesting you say that, because the only reason the malcontents come to the moon underwater is because the moon underwater always gives you your deepest desires. Hmm. It's the only place where they're satisfied. However, the moon underwater makes them malcontented because that's what they desire, Robin. Oh,
0: God. I I miss the comfort in being sad, as Kurt Cobain once sang.
1: Is that that where we're going? Yes, to put it another way, I'm only happy when I'm miserable. <laughs> uh, but they toddled off and uh, I think went to rent a video to watch. Yeah, very nice. Return some VHS tapes. Yes, return some VHS tapes, because here in the uh, correct realm, everything's correct. So you don't have streaming services worrying your bank balance once a month. No, you've got good old-fashioned blockbuster, etc. Oh, I love a blockbuster.
0: i I, I, I need someone at uni... Uh... An American person who said um, they'd, they 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 thought that Blockbuster was called Lockbuster here because they saw a shop where the bee had fallen off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> As if it would be called Lockbuster. <laughs> That's Bockluster. Yes. Very good. Very mm. good. You, you boozing tonight, J.R.? I think I might delve into a canister or two as the evening progresses. Guess what I've
0: got? I've got, well, I'll tell you. I've got a cider here that was given to me by my friend Laura. It's White Jersey Cider. Oh. 6%. The uh, company's called the Orgasmic Cider Company. Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm on my way. A natural still cloudy cider made with single variety of fresh apples from traditional
1: orchards. Shall I give it a whack? Traditional orchards, not like these digital orchards they have these days with (laughs) binary code trees. Yeah. Where you have to scan a QR code to eat a Cox's Pippin. Oh. 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 (laughs) Ah. It's enough
0: to give you a West Country accent, that.
1: Is it it like sunbeams and rainbows? Yeah.
0: I mean, it's. I I didn't really. That is still. It does say still, actually, I realise. But that is. It's still
1: what? It's still happening to me. Still Hazy After All These Beers. <laughs> yeah. That would Ooh, be a good name, wouldn't that's it? That's nice. It. For a hazy IPA. Oh, if there's a brewery that wants to make Still Hazy After All These Beers, get in touch. Well, that's got to have been done, hasn't it? Well, God, It can't have been. It's too modern. It's too clever. It's, it's too good. snappy. Oh, I like that. Six percent, though. Got to be careful. you got to be careful. Um, I am going to demand a tribute to reveal itself to me. Oh, a trib. For some reason, I just think tribute from a can is better than tribute from a bottle. Wow. Controversial. And what I do is I pour it pretty vociferously to get as much of the sort of fizz out as possible, because that's the only thing I don't like about sort of bottle-conditioned ale, is it's fizz eh
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some of them work okay. I think it depends on the beer. Like, I
1: really like Wainwright's in a bottle do ya? Mm. Well, anyway, so as that settles, Robin, your week in pubs, have there been any any pubs in your week? Because some weeks there aren't any pubs. No, no, no real pubs uh, in this week. I mean, apart from
0: the Sylvan Post, which it feels like I go to most days, but... uh... So does
1: that not really count as a pub? Is that (laughs) more like a sort of service station? Let's just say no new pubs. No new pubs. That's okay. What did you drink in the Sylvan Post? Well, they've got Paul Anna on tap. Actually, no,
0: they had a Brixton Pale on. There and they've also got two tribes on. You see a lot of two tribes these days, don't you?
1: Did you so you went Paul Anna? You went for Brixton over Paul Anna?
0: Uh, yeah, I think the Paul Anna was off. <laughs> oh, you're a Paul Anna apologist, aren't I you? Am. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love it. What about you? Any pubs in the in the previous seven days?
1: No pubs in the seven days, no weeks in pubs. Um I actually went sans cans last night. Well done. Just a little tactic I have of going to bed at 6.30. Jesus Christ. Get yourself away from the cans, mate. What time do you wake up? Well, I didn't go to sleep. I went to sleep at midnight. I went to sleep about half eleven. What? Really? Yeah. What are you doing for five hours? Well, what would I be doing anyway? either sit downstairs boozing or you sit upstairs reading, Robin. Okay. It might be bad for your back, but... Yeah, that is the problem. The reading position has to keep changing. Reading anything good? Yes, I'm reading Here Be Dragons by Stella Gibbons, and when you visit my street, you'll find that book right up it, uh, because it really is superb. I am reading Dorian Linsky's
0: book about 1984, which is called The Ministry of Truth, because this ties into um, this week's episode, which was Mark Steele at the Orwell Festival. Yes! And I I really wish I'd read the Dorian Linsky book before, because it's, it's... bloody good. I think it's one of the best non-fiction books I've ever read, actually. Really? Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, Because it really debunks quite a few myths about
1: 1984. Well, I saw a meme that made me think of you, because we were talking about how sort of people just attach 1984 to stuff. Without really thinking about what 1984 is about, and for who who you suspect haven't read it, yeah. <laughs> and there was a meme of a woman on a train reading 1984 and wearing a mask. Oh my god! And it was done by like a sort of uh, like lockdown denier, and they said, "I wonder at what point in the book will she realise she's wearing a mask?" Oh my you know, what, god! What doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's I mean, not anything to kind of do fun. with anything in 1984.
0: I mean, Linsky makes this great point that ever since it was published, people were misinterpreting it or misinterpreting what Orwell intended, which it was never meant to be a critique of socialism. And I think so, I think someone, his editor or publisher said when he first read Animal Farm, that would be a million votes for the Tory party because the people thought it would be so kind of utilised and weaponised by the right wing and everything. But yeah, and also it's just fascinating to see how much Orwell changed his mind about things. You know, he was a pacifist one minute and then he was pro-war and, you know, stuff like that. So it's just really interesting because we have these very kind of simple ideas in our head about figures like Orwell, but he's so complicated and nuanced, you know.
1: Well, also often trying to work out what a particular author or poet meant is sort of an impossible task. Yeah. Because a lot of what they're doing is trying to disguise what they're meaning.
0: Yes. And also there is, you know, yeah, valid interpretations that might
1: not be what the author intended as well. Absolutely more. want to go down that whole whole route. Let's not go down that whole route now. Let's go down the route of what our listeners mean when they write to us at john at moonunderpod.com. Uh, no, no. Landlord at MoonUnder. Oh, no. It is john. john at moonunderpod.com. Well done. Oh, probably something George Orwell would have... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's John at moonunderpod.com for all your correspondence. And Robin, I caught your sigh uh, amongst the sighs of the malcontents because yours had a real sense of purpose. Well, again, it was very quick. It was excited is what it was.
0: Yeah, can you sigh excitedly? <gasps> yeah,
1: that's what it was. Yeah,
0: it was like that. But the, the mist man always knows what I'm, what I'm going for and, and
1: gives me a big bag of mist. Well, your your sigh is like a, a sort of a fingerprint but a, a vocal fingerprint yeah, that's always different, but always the same.
0: That's probably how we'll unlock our iPhones soon, isn't it?
1: Just by sighing on yeah. them. <laughs> <Ugh. sighs> I'm just, yeah. just going to uh, check Instagram. <sighs>
0: I do that anyway.
1: Yeah, mm. Probably something George or... <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Hello, fans of Pub and Pint. I'm Jess Phillips. An MP, and now for the first time, a podcast host. I know that the moon underwater is used to sighing for its letters, so I think you'll love my new podcast that's all about writing letters. It's called Yours Sincerely, and in each episode, I invite a guest to celebrate three people that mean the world to them. Someone they love, someone who's no longer around, and someone who doesn't realise how significant a role they've played in their lives. So with that, I'll sign off with Yours Sincerely, Jess Phillips. I hope you get to enjoy an episode of my podcast soon. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: Oh, fantastic mist here from Edward. Icy cider. Icy cider. Icy cider. Oh, I see cider when I go to sleep. Yeah. Dear John and Robin... Regarding imaginary drinks and Robin's memory of icy cider, no, I think it was icy lager, but you had a fantasy about a
1: kind of cider slush puppy. No, I had a fantasy about a a cider that had sparkler-drawn ale qualities, yeah. Mmm. Tell you what, this isn't far off. The White Jersey
0: Cider. Anyway, Ed continues. One of my most treasured undergraduate pub memories is of drinking at the Lamb and Flag in Oxford, now sadly dormant. Oh. With the cast of a show I was in at the O'Reilly Theatre around the corner, after a hard session at the coalface of student drama, <laughs> <laughs> nothing was more refreshing than a pint of Thatcher's Gold Cider, poured with some kind of special device that made the top of the drink come out in sl- slushy ice form. I've never seen this magical apparatus since, but the memory of it brings a
1: tear to the eye. Yours in pubs, Ed. Oh, Ed, we weep with you for the memory of that icy topped cider. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was a a bit of a vogue for this about, I'm going to say 15 years ago, mid-2000s, of shards of ice in in sort of keg-drawn lagers and uh, stuff. F- I'm all for it. Are you all for it? Yeah. Have you ever frozen a, a lager into a lolly? <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. But, but has that put the thought in your head? Well, I mean, cider lollies,
0: I mean, it's, uh, surely it's fairly easy. To just whack a strongbow in the freezer and ups your buncle.
1: Well, you used to get shandy lollies. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, they're nice, aren't they? They are. Uh, what's the next mist?
0: <laughs> next mist. This is a really nice one here from Joe Pub poems Good day to you sirs Uh, So this is kind of an interesting one Joe starts with Long time no listen Then lots of listen again I took a small break from your velvet clad xylophone tones When I was bullied out of a job in a pub I couldn't face pubs to even walk into I had a panic attack when trying to step foot into the fiddler's elbow in Brighton Because I thought they'd know my shame So sorry to hear this Joe Um, I'm back on and in the pubs now, having found space away from those strange pub thoughts, and the podcast has brought me such joy in a pub-shaped way. The reason I'm writing to you now is because I'm running a project which feels pertinent to the moon underwater. It's called Poems Written in Pubs, and that is, in itself, an incredible, succinct explanation of what it is. It is a series of workshops and an accompanying anthology of poems written in pubs. And I was wondering if The Moon Underwater would wanted to hold one as well. Of course, I'm not sure how that would work. Perhaps a bonus episode on pure poetry written in pure pubs, or just getting people to send in poems written in pubs. And for fun, here's a poem that I wrote that it was recommended I send to you guys. So uh, I won't read out the whole thing. It's really, really good. Maybe I'll do it in the pub library one day. But Joe's basically adapted the Stone Roses song, I Want to Be Adored, Yes, please. Which uh, my music teacher, Mister Bradshaw, thought was called "I Want to Be Adored," <laughs> but I'll just read the first. I couple want to of... be a <laughs> Oh! But I'll just read the first few kind of verses of this because it's really, really good. Forget being adored. I want to be ignored. I want to sit in the corner of a pub, undisturbed, reading a book, as still as my ale. A pause in a conversation between acquaintances where no one says awkward. I want to be ignored. I want to be ignored. I want to be as noticeable as breathing. Automatic doors should forget that I came in. My regular order should be poured with no one seeing, appearing like an appealing thought. I want to be ignored. That's that's quite moving stuff. Love it. I don't mind that. One centimetre. very, very nice. Thank you so much, Joe, uh, from Worthing. And yeah, like I say, maybe I'll read the whole thing out on the pub library one day, but that sounds like a great project.
1: Yeah, and if you want to write a poem in a pub and send it in to us, john at com, we'll read a bit of it out, if it's any good. <laughs> um, and Joe's is any good. And it doesn't have to be about pubs. It could just be a poem that was written in a pub. Just thoughts, and, really. Yeah. Just thoughts, really. And tell us where the pub was and what you were drinking.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. But, John, we've got some terribly exciting news, haven't we?
1: Oh, mate, news coming out of my arse. <coughs> Uh, so it's a a bit of a fun month coming up because i johnny junior i'm in edinburgh doing a work in progress show throughout the festival um it's called john robbins work in progress progress in work and as a result of that things are changing slightly for the next uh, four weeks because we won't be releasing any guest episodes throughout august however We will still be releasing the week in pubs. We will be recording episodes while we're in Edinburgh with some of the people who are up at the festival there. And we've also got two live shows coming from none other than, drumroll please, Robin Allender, The Dagda Bar. A dream come true. A dream come true. A Broadcasting first. Robin and I will be interviewing two guests live in The Dagda Bar. It's it's really logistically impractical place uh, to record audio or host live events. Uh, but the Dagda is as the Dagda does. Don't get let impracticalities get in the way of a dream. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So, tickets are on sale for patrons now. If you're not a patron, you can sign up at patreon.com forward slash Moon Pod. And if there are any tickets left over, they will be put on general sale tomorrow, which is Friday the 29th of July. So... This is one of the Patreon bonuses, is that you get access to live tickets first. And because of the uh, various practicalities of the Dagda, there are very few tickets available. We're talking in the dozens, in the low dozens, but it's going to be an intimate treat in the greatest pub in the history of the world. Cannot wait. Uh, We're really excited to record them. The guests are both absolutely brilliant. We're also going to be recording extra episodes while we're up there. So there you go. That's the that's the exciting news. The moon underwater reveals itself in Le de, the Dagda bar. Uh, so we do hope to see you up there. Uh, we hope to have some pints in the Dagda with our guests.
0: <laughs> I, <think laughs> I hope they've got, got
1: some good choices. <laughs> Ooh. I wonder where we'll do it. I mean, because it's a small room. Would you think we'll be at the propping up the bar? I think you'll have to sort of maybe, I think, sit as you go in on the right-hand side. We'll just sit with our backs to the wall there, and then everyone in the pub can see. It's going to be so strange to think of all the hours I've spent in there on my own. <laughs> just, it'll be like, you know, just performing in a in a dream. It will be like performing within a pub, within a pub, within a dream. Yeah. And that's what I'm all about. mm uh, Robin, is there any more mist knocking around your heels and in the depths of your pockets? Yeah, there's a n- another... Yeah, there's another. some more... Sorry, this cider's quite strong.
0: There's some more mist. This is a lovely one from Hannah. Hi, John. Hi, Robin. Back in the mists of my time, I was part of a collective who got together every Easter to carry out the Thame pub survey in our town of Thame, Oxfordshire. Am I pronouncing that right, Thame? It's not... I think it it might be Tame, but I don't know. It started out as two friends, Callum and Pete, donning suits and noting their thoughts on the 14 pubs within walking distance of the town centre. I like the idea of dressing up for a pub crawl. Do you know what? I like that a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Over a few years, this grew until there were 20 to 30 people power suited, lanyarded carrying clipboards with score sheets. The criteria included drink selection, drink price, snack selection, staff friendliness, the facilities, entertainment options, layout, general vibe. I think general vibe is a crucial one when you're scoring pubs.
1: Also, entertainment options is a tricky one because what if you're visiting a pub at, you know, six in the evening and it's got sort of really loud karaoke on? Yeah, but that could be someone's idea of a brilliant night. Yeah, but it might be at 11 o'clock. You know, what if the pub you go to at midnight has got board games when you want a bit of a dance? Yeah, well, subjectivity is, is a mystery, isn't it? Because I would say most entertainment options in a pub, I would take marks off. Well, I think we're talking board games,
0: you know, maybe pool darts. Yeah. Stuff like that. Anyway, Hannah continues, This was not a serious endeavour, just a fun excuse for a giant lash. But some landlords were actually flustered when we strode through the door, and once the winner was photographed receiving their certificate for the local paper. That's great. (laughs) One year year there was even a spin-off survey of a local village. The Chinor and surrounding Hamlets Pub survey involving minibuses and timetables. I loved it so much. Oh, for another survey. Not that I'm sad or nostalgic or lonely or anything like that. Thanks so much for my favourite bedtime podcast, Hannah. Had a couple of people say they like to drift off while they listen to uh, The Moon Underwater.
1: Oh, yeah, with a can on the hand. <laughs> drift Just off. sort of. They're drifting off, and the can of Stella just sort of falls out of their hand by the side (laughs) of the bed, glugging half its contents onto the carpet. Crikey. Sounds like bliss. It's uh, it's one way to keep cool. So, folks, uh, no pubs in our week this week, but certainly plenty to talk about and exciting news re-Edinburgh. But do check out uh, the most recent episode with Mark Steele. And the future episodes, which will be the week in pubs throughout August, and more to follow very soon after. And uh, we wish you all well. And we wish you all in pubs. And be pinted and befriended. Or besans cansed and befriended. It's um, got to be friends with someone, whether they're drinking a pint or whether they're drinking a sans cans. Yep. And on the horizon, I see through the bottle green windows, because the windows are bottle green this week for some reason. Uh, that the arch-rivals of the malcontents are here. It's the Cheerful Charlies. Oh. And the Cheerful Charlies are great fun for about five mins. A bit too cheerful. And then they do get cheerful, but they tend to only stay for one drink uh, because they're just so cheerful about everything that they get another idea in their heads. (laughs) Uh, So until next week in pubs, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Bye-bye. Cheers!